This is the Passive Real Estate Podcast, the premier podcast for passive real estate investors. Matt Jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively. Welcome back. I'm Matt Jones. And today on the Passive Real Estate Podcast, I welcome Lupe Chow. Welcome, Lupe. Hey, good morning, Matt. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, what would you like the audience to know about yourself? So uh, let me introduce myself. My name is Lupe Chow. I am currently still working full-time as an uh, active duty military uh, service member. Um, I started in real estate back in 2018. Um, never looked back. Uh, it's been uh, a very um, interesting and a journey full of growth. So I'd love to share this with your audience, my story, and um, just my experience. Excellent. And how'd you get started uh, back in 2018? So um, it started with, um, I was stationed overseas, right? And I returned to the States in 2018 at that time. And I had a house in California I owned for about 10 years. So I actually sold that house um, because uh, we are in D.C. now and we wanted to buy a home in D.C. So sold that house, you know, with the intent to buy here. Uh, what I didn't expect was um, the house has appreciated so much, like more than I like expected because I was very passive. I had a renter, like one renter in there for almost entire uh, six, seven years. Um, and I never, re I never raised the rent. I never uh, was really involved. I was just happy somebody's in the house paying my mortgage, right? I'm breaking even. So this is a good thing. Um, so, but when I saw the house, um, the house has appreciated a lot and we actually ended up with um you know a nice um little you know uh profit so this is how we got started because then i was like wow i need to you know learn more about real estate <laughs> nice so just to kind of accidentally made a bunch of money you're like oh hey this, this is great yeah, i was very uh i would say i was a very I was really kind of like hands off and just like, hey, as long as I don't have any bills, as long as somebody's paying it, I'm good, you know. Uh, yeah, I was not really into, you know, doing real estate or trying to invest. But until then, I was like, okay, no, I need to really look into this. <laughs> nice. And then currently, are you uh, passive or active or a bit of both? Yeah, I've been doing both. So I started out in the uh, in single family, right? Uh, we started out with just a few rentals. Uh, we basically reinvested the money um, in some rental properties. But uh, since I have a full-time job, so is my husband. Um, it was just too much. Uh, we didn't really want to manage it. We didn't really want to get, have the headache. And uh, yeah, that's been our experience for like the first two years. And it really wasn't um, an a joyful experience, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And then, uh, so, are do you still invest in single family? I have not purchased any single family for the last two three years. Uh, we, 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 we are we have six doors, so we pretty much got to six doors, and uh, we didn't want to do anymore. It was uh, it was we we were. We, we needed to reassess our strategy because although six doors sounds nice, it was not profitable um, because in single family, you know, your cash flow is pretty tight, right? Like 200, 150, 200, maybe if 
250 a door, you're doing pretty good. Um, but if there's any maintenance, any repair, any tenant issue, um, pretty much wipes out whatever you made for six months to eight months, right? All whole year. So what I realized was, well, okay, like we're not really making money that much at all. So no, we have not done any single family for about three years now. What kind of deals are you focused on now? So I really focused on bigger deals, um, uh, leveraging uh, partners to go for the bigger properties. What kind of properties? Uh, we do multifamily um, uh, apartments, residential. What size do you focus on? Uh, we are looking at um, anywhere between, I would say, 75 to 150. Uh, that's been kind of um, the sweet spot for us, uh, me and my two partners. Um, and we're under Crown Capital um, because we are able to take down those deals ourselves. Um, anything bigger, we need sponsor or additional partners. Uh, which we have done also, but um, if we just want to do something ourselves, that's kind of like what we're looking for. Okay. Is there any other benefit to that size? Like, I mean, you could take down some 20 units as well, probably, but uh, why do you focus on 75 plus? I think it's really about scale. Um, it's especially when you have investors, you have to really have a business plan it's going to grow their money, right? And sometimes it's just a little bit more challenging uh, with the smaller properties because you have limited um, room on how much you can push on rent or the value. Uh, when you go up a little bit bigger, um, you can leverage a little bit more and also um, just cut costs on certain things as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's the economy of scale, you know, when you're, you know, trying to renegotiate contracts with uh, landscaping or, or things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. You can just make it more efficient, uh, you know, cutting the costs and increasing the income uh, really projects out, uh, you know, up forcing the appreciation, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we've been uh, kind of really looking uh, lately, we've been looking at anywhere between 50 to I would say 150 uh, in that range in taxes. Mm, okay. Yep. And uh, how do you find your deals? So, so a lot of things I do, I'm going to always like refer back to partnership um, because I do have great partners and people bring in different strength or different abilities. So like I have a full-time job. So for me, I'm, I'm not um, able to provide the boots on the ground or hop on the, hop on the plane to, you know, go to the property all the time. But we do have one partner who is doing that and doing it very well. Uh, he is traveling, uh, deal hunting. And so, yeah, it's it's all about uh, finding the partners. Nice. How did you find your partners? Um. So I have two partners I work very closely with. Um, the first one, um, we actually met in a real estate, a women's real estate group, and we know each other for, I would say, over a year. And we were doing events, uh, running the group together. Um, so we already know each other pretty well uh, when we decided to partner. So that's um, good. Because I think uh, at that point, we know what to expect, right? You know how the other person works. 
you know what their schedule is like. Um, so that's how we met. And then the other partner was through my um my partner. They have um already started Crown Capital, and I joined uh, as a third person. Uh, tell me about this uh, women's investor group that you're part of. Oh yeah, so um, I think a, a lot of your female listener may be aware it's Invest Her. Um, so Invest Her is a big uh women's um real estate network, and then there's meetups right in every city. A lot of the cities, I think there are over sixty different meetup groups in the U.S. and Canada. So my partner and I are leading the one in Washington D.C. That's where we are. Uh, we're in D.C. So we have a group uh, in the DMV area. So join us, ladies, if you are in the DMV area. Excellent. How can people find out about, uh, you know, where the events are and, and whatnot? Yeah, so we do have a Facebook group. Uh, it's Invest Her Capital Region, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Um, join the group and then everything is posted there. Uh, we have... Uh, weekly webinar we do in person meetups um uh, it's it's so this is open for any kind of um interest right if you want to wholesale flip it's not just multifamily it's not just uh long-term whole so it's really just a platform for people to connect and make you know make friends we do brunch <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun. I love hanging out with the ladies. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I know real estate used to be the old boys club and it was hard to, you know, get into like unless you were, you know, were born into real estate and, and so it's really nice that uh, you know, people are are starting these groups and and really thriving as a result. So, excellent. Yeah, definitely. And we have a lot of fun and we have uh, uh, a lot of ladies in the group um actually form partnerships. Uh, they do deals, um they collaborate. So it's a just a good um, forum for people to connect. Very good. And then through uh, for the deals that you're putting in together right now, are those through syndication or a joint venture or what? Yeah, so we do syndication. And um, for the smaller deals, uh, it really just depends. You know, we might um, do joint venture on those uh, or do it ourselves. Um, but we do... Um, our our focus is syndication. Okay. And then mm -hmm. tell me about your passive portfolio. What does that look like? Yeah. So I also invest as a passive investor, uh, as an LP. I am in LP in uh in several deals. Um especially in the beginning, you know, when I was like transitioning from single family to multifamily. Um I think my first experience really was from being a passive investor uh, that allowed me to kind of um, get the insight to understand how syndication works, um, get that perspective from, you know, the LP side. Um, so now, um, you know, I have that uh, also the perspective as an LP. So I do invest in the the passive, uh, in passively in the syndication as well. Yeah, I think that's a great way to get started in syndication, like whether you want to be, you know, active or passive, uh, you know, to just start out by being passive and that way you can learn what it's like and and see like, you know, if I was to be active, like what should uh, my passive investors expect from me and how can I be a better sponsor for them? 
Yeah, definitely. And then I also want to mention that um, I was able to use my retirement fund to invest, right? And as you, I'm sure you know about this. Mm -hmm. So um, I just think that's a really good uh, strategy uh, in terms of um, building up your retirement fund, diversify it, you know, uh, just kind of like not have everything in the market. So I'm also happy about, you know, I was able to do that. Excellent. Yeah, that certainly makes it easier because then you're not uh, kind of taking money away from your bank account, uh, but uh, you're, you know, the money that you already kind of invested is able to be redirected into real estate for an even better investment. I know your retirement fund is almost like a free play money. Just, just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so how can you tell whether or not a sponsor is going to do a good job with a particular syndication deal? You know, for me, I always, uh, it's very important. I feel like we have good communication and have that uh, connection. So if I was interacting with somebody and um, they don't reply or return your messages or emails timely, um, they don't really, um, you know, you just don't get a good response, timely response. That's almost like a, a just like a no for me because if you can't talk to me now, I don't know if you can talk to me, you know, later on when we're in the deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's just me. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, communication is really important because uh, they have to communicate the good, bad, and the ugly of what's going on with the deal you know, when it happens versus you finding out six months later, like, oh, it's going into foreclosure. Uh, surprise. Yeah. And then, of course, I know like track records, always important. Um, but again, you know, track record um, is not everything because uh, I think you really want to invest in the people with the right people and sometimes um, just have that connection or feeling that connection is important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And how can a passive investor figure out whether uh, you, know, you and your team are a good match for what they're looking for uh, to deploy their capital? I think you know, as a passive investor, the first thing you should always do is maybe get on a call to talk to them because, um, you know, people can create really nice websites, nice pictures, photos, right? But really um, talk to them and get to know them and see if you're comfortable with a person and see if, um, you know, this is somebody you can maybe have dinner with. You know, uh, not just the business because uh, we want to build business, of course, but I think we always want to build relationship as well, you know, and um, do multiple transactions, not just one, right? So um, I re I recommend you connect with me, you know, let's chat, let's see, you know, we we are a good fit. Yep, that makes sense. And what, what's your role on the team? Um, I do investor relations. Um and uh, I think on the small team, a lot of time you do a lot of different things. So also like uh, running our social media marketing, but uh, my main role is investor relations. Okay. Uh, and tell me a problem that you encountered with one of your active investments and how was it handled? So I think most recently we did have... Um, some challenges with a deal we closed last year. Um, we we have um, the PM um, expenses are higher than expected. 
and that affects our distribution. Um, so, so really, we are just trying to get to the bottom of it. We're really looking very deeply into the books to see where these charges come from. We are keeping our investors informed um, and uh, really just having the transparency and be, uh, you know, like not hiding any problems. Um, I think when it comes to things like PM management, sometimes it's, um, it's just really like, it takes some time to stabilize things. I don't really feel it's detrimental or end of the world, but I think you want to communicate that with your investors so they know what's going on and you're not hiding um, any, any, you know, just not hiding anything from them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what'd you figure out was the cause of those extra charges? So I think we had one handyman, like one more, one, I think we planned for two handymen or two, um, you know, like repair person, but they actually hire three people and uh, that's just kind of like a miscommunication. Mm. So we are just in the process. We're still working through that issue right now. We are looking into, okay, exactly what repair maintenance were accomplished in the last six months. Do we need to have three people on staff or just maybe cut down to two? So we're still working through that, but uh, really it's come down to understand your numbers and really, you know, like kind of um, get your books straight. Yeah, it's important to pay close attention to those. I've heard of all sorts of extra charges being added, like somebody's personal cell phone bill or personal car payment, you know, that sort of stuff. And like, whoa, no, that should not be on there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's the issue still ongoing, but uh, we are working through it. And uh, I think we're taking all the right steps to investigate. Um, and uh, we will adjust accordingly um, to make sure the business plan is um, good to go. Okay, great. Well, are you ready for a speed round? Yeah, let's do it. What's your favorite part about passive real estate investing? It's the mailbox money, of course. What mm -hmm. else? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and what do you know now about passive real estate investing that you wish you knew when you first got started? I think I, everybody probably say this, I wish I start sooner. And I would say the same thing, you know, um, I think I spent two, three years in single family uh, struggling for a few years before I realized, ah, there's a better way to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, what's a book that you can recommend to other investors? I think um, there's a book that's really good. It's called The Power of Zero. Um, it's about uh, how to save on taxes. So, you know, it, it always counts down to, it's not how much you make, right? But how much you keep. So the more you do like in a business, um, the more I realize the importance of like understanding tax strategies and different ways you can, um, you know, avoid paying legally. So the power of zero, check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people miss. They focus on the cash flow and the appreciation, but then like, oh, there's tax savings that you really have to take advantage of. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, how can our listeners get uh, get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you have going on? Yeah, you can find me on social media under my name, Lupe Chow. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check out our company page, Crown Capital, on all the platforms as well. 
and um, our check out new offering on our website. Great. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't covered yet? Um, yeah. So if you are in the DC area, um, please follow us because in the summer, we are doing a lot of in-person events, um, not necessarily multifamily focused, but really uh, we want to share um, the multifamily, the real estate in general, you know, the networking, the bring people together. So we just host, we just had an event last week. We had a great turnout. Uh, we plan on doing it monthly. So I hope you can join us if you're in the DC area. Great. Well, thanks so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.